Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Brewers on Tap. It's been a little bit since we last chatted, and of course, some movement has started to take place in the MLB offseason. Yeah, the hot stove gets hot a little later in the year, a little closer to spring training every single year, but it has started to warm up a little bit, and the Brewers got into the fray in a big way this week with the signing of second baseman Colton Wong. Colton Wong, the former Cardinal. Any of you Brewers fans, you're pretty familiar with Colton Wong. This is the best defensive second baseman in all of Major League Baseball. And he's a two-time Gold Glove winner. He's won it the last two years at his position at second base. And he's a guy that's been able to hit at the top of the order as a leadoff guy. You can hit him in that 7, 8, even 9 spot, potentially, depending on if there's a DH or not this coming year and beyond. And he's a guy that gets on base quite a bit as well, which is something the Brewers would like to see a little bit more of, a guy that puts the ball in play a little bit more and a guy that's able to get on base a little bit more. Colton Wong's a big addition for this club. It really takes care of two problems for the Brewers, if you want to call them problems. One, it gives you a big-time defensive upgrade at second base. Keston Hira had made great strides at second base over his two years at that position. However, the arm strength for Keston Hira, maybe not quite where you'd like it to be. The accuracy, maybe not always quite where you'd like it to be. His range was improving, but Colton Wong is the best defensive second baseman in the game. So you're going to save some runs just by having Colton Wong at second base. The second part to that is you keep Keston Hira in the lineup, you keep that bat in the lineup, you move him off the position, and you take care of one of the biggest question marks of the offseason for you. And it's the old Hattich who's on first. Well, we know now it's most likely going to be Keston Hira, and David Stearns can confirming that earlier today. And Keston Hero will put in a lot of work at first base. I think this is a move he can clearly make, and it's going to be, I think, an exciting thing for the Brewers infield. This has a chance to be an elite, and when I mean elite, I mean like historically elite defensive infield for the Brewers. We know what Orlando Arce is capable of, and Colton Wong, you're going to hear from him coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. Colton Wong talking about how he wants to push Orlando Arce to new heights as a shortstop defensively because he knows he's got gold glove capability. And then you could also have a lot of nights where Luis Urias may be manning third base, and that's a shortstop playing third base, and that is a really good defensive infield that would arguably be the best defensive infield in baseball couple that with Lorenzo Kane back and patrolling center field and boy wouldn't you like to be in the Brewers rotation or in the Brewers bullpen when you would have those things at your disposal and if Manny Pena is behind the plate that's one of the better arms behind the plate in Major League Baseball as well that's that's some defense right there so the Brewers clearly have strengthened themselves from the defensive standpoint. And Wong is a positive addition to an offense that needs to improve moving forward. That was the the weak spot of the 2020 team. We all understand it. They didn't score enough runs. Uh, It was a team that pitched it well, for the most part played pretty good defensively, 
but did not score enough runs. Uh, Yelich had a down year by the, the, the normal metrics. You go a little deeper into it, and you see that he still hit the ball consistently hard, and that gives you a lot of optimism for Christian Yelich to be right back to who he was in 2018 and 2019 in 2021. Keston Hira, we saw the power, but we probably didn't see the average we expect to see from Keston Hira. There's a lot of reasons to expect that to bounce back again in 2021. I think you'll get a better offensive year from Omar Narvaez than you got last year. You get Lorenzo Cain back. Abisayo Garcia has more capability offensively than what he showed last year, too. So there's reason to believe this offense is going to improve even if the Brewers stand pat. However, I think the addition of Wong and maybe one more external addition that could still be out there before spring training or at some point early in spring training could really take the offense to another level for the Brewers also. I I think this is exciting. It's going to be fun. We know the Dodgers are loading up. Trevor Bauer is now a Dodger, and uh, they're going to be really good and really tough to take down again. We know the Cardinals have added Nolan Arenado, and that's going to make the Cardinals a really tough challenge in the central and we know the Mets have gotten aggressive in the offseason the Braves are still going to be really good uh, the Nationals have made some interesting moves where I think they'll be around too um, a little bit in that NL East so it's going to be a fun year in the National League but I think the the move of adding Colton Wong and I don't think the Brewers are done I think there's a couple of other moves and just the improvement in general in some of the bats that maybe didn't have the years you expected a year ago it should give you optimism that this is going to be a team that's right there in the central throughout the summer and going into the fall and will give themselves a chance to win the NL Central when it's all said and done. Here's what we have for you on the podcast. We told you we're going to talk to Colton Wong in just a few moments. We're excited about that. Colton Wong is very well respected around the game, and he's going to be a great addition to the Brewers Clubhouse. So we're going to sit down with him in a few moments. And we're also going to talk to a trailblazer, to a history maker in Sarah Goodrum, the Brewers' new minor league hitting coordinator. And this is a, a historical thing that Sarah Goodrum is the Brewers minor league hitting coordinator. This is a, a special time right now for women in sports in general. And we've seen some great advancement in the game of baseball, in our game over the last few years with women, whether it be as instructors or whether it be as coaches, on-field coaches, front office executives, uh, in the broadcast booth as well. We've seen some really big leaps and bounds being made for progress for women in sports, and Sarah Goodrum is uh, the Brewers' shining example of that. She's going to join me as well to talk about her promotion to minor league hitting coordinator for the Brewers uh, on the podcast here today. So without further ado, let's jump right into it, and let's sit down with the newest Brewer, Colton Wong. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. As we continue on Brewers on Tap, Colton Long, the Brewers' new second baseman, is our guest. And first and foremost, Colton, congratulations. I know, you know going through this process can be stressful. Uh, but for you to find a, a club that has such great fan tradition, uh, a real good winning tradition, specifically here in current times over the last three years, and, and to find a place in the NL Central, which you have some comfort with, th that has to be a bunch of wins for you right there, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, that was one of my biggest deciding factors was, you know, I, I wanted to find some place that I felt comfortable with, you know, obviously I, w- I wanted to find some place that I knew, you know, pretty well. And, you know, when the Brewers came knocking, it was always a team that I was really high on. It was a team that, that I felt that, you know, I had a really good fit with. I mean, obviously going from St. Louis to Milwaukee is a very similar transition and something that uh, I felt like I could bring to this table. And, you know, being here and seeing the team, how good they were, uh, obviously I just wanted to come in and, you know, hope to continue uh, that same trend. You are, are very familiar with the Brewers roster, seeing them 19 times a year in the NL Central, but you and Christian Yelich go way back. I mean, you guys kind of came up uh, together. So you played in fall league together. You played in the futures game together. He, he's somebody you've always had a, a little bit of a connection with. So that's going to make it a little easier right off the bat, right? Definitely. He was uh, honestly the first guy I reached out to just because like you said, we had that chemistry and that, you know, time, you know, back in the day playing together. So I reached out to him right away. And, you know, he was super pumped. So was I, I mean, you know, to play with someone like him of his caliber, it's obviously exciting for anybody. So, you know, I'm excited to get to know him even more, play with him and, you know, just pick his brain on, you know, anything I can. Obviously the guy is an offensive stud, you know, just an amazing player. So whatever I can pick in, uh, I'm going to take advantage of. Colton Wong is our guest on Brewers on Tap. Colton, watching you play over the years, one thing that always stands, everybody talks about how good you are defensively, and there's no doubt about that, but you're an elite base runner in my opinion, and it, it it's very clear. You really respect the game. You play the game the right way, but you also have a lot of fun while you're playing the game, and and, and the guy that you're going to form the duo up the middle on the infield with, Orlando Arcia, has a lot of fun too. I mean, he plays the game with a smile on his face all the time. I know you're familiar with his game. How excited are you to kind of be next to him and, and maybe bring out even more in him, a guy that has just unlimited talent defensively? Absolutely. I mean, when you watch him, you just see so much tools that he has. You know, you see the raw athleticism, the plays that he makes so smooth. And, you know, he's got all the different arm angles that he can throw from. So it's going to be fun. You know, obviously we both are very similar in how we feel. We kind of have that little bit of flair to our fielding. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. You know, that was I reached out to him uh, as soon as I kind of started making it official. And I was like, hey, man, we're going to get you a gold patch one of these days. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of a goal that I like to throw out there to a lot of the guys. Obviously, you know, it's been amazing for me to win some. But, you know, I think when you hold yourself to that standard, um, you know, good things tend to happen. So, you know, I'm not coming in here expecting to have a vacation. I want to work. I want to do what I can to, you know, bring all I can to this team and, you know, hopefully bring some W's. And, you know, like I told Craig, you know, I want to win a World Series while I'm here. So let's do it. You know, we talk so much about your defense, and you just mentioned the gold gloves. You've you've won the gold glove in the last couple of years. You've been a finalist the last three years. And yet, I think it, we overlook what you do offensively. You get on base a lot. Uh, you've, you've hit for good power at, at American Family Field, specifically when you've played in, in Milwaukee as well. I mean, what you bring offensively is going to be a really nice complement to this offense. And if you're hitting in front of Christian Yelich on base percentage, is a pretty big deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, St. Louis was a tough place to hit, man. Obviously it, it yeah. changes a lot of guys approaches. It changes the way you kind of think about ABs, you know, because if you're not hitting the ball as hard as possible, it's not going anywhere. I mean, you got small gaps, a ball really doesn't carry. So, you know, coming back to that stadium, uh, I knew how good I played in Milwaukee. I felt like that was a place that, you know, really determined where I was going to sign. Um, I, I just felt super comfortable there. You know, obviously the Brewers were high on me, so it just felt like such a perfect match. Obviously, you know, being able to stay in the same division where I get to play against, you know, these teams that I know really well, I just feel like having, you know, half of my games in Milwaukee is going to really change the trajectory of the player that I am, the hitter that I am. Colton, the Brewers shift a lot. They're a very analytically driven 
club uh, and the communication from the front office to the on-field staff is as good as I think there is probably in baseball with the way they execute their game plan. But from your standpoint as a second baseman, how challenging is that and how big of a part of the game is the ability to process what you're being told just from a shift standpoint or from the information they're feeding you and then actually implement it on the field. I mean, I think we take that for granted when we're sitting in the radio booth calling the game, or if we're a fan with a beer in our hand in the stands, there, there's a lot between the years that's going on on the infield, depending on the count, depending on who's at the plate, depending on the game situation, how challenging is that? And how much of that part of your game has progressed over your time in major league baseball? Yeah, I think, you know, as you know, the shifts have just become such a normal thing nowadays in the game. So, you know, understanding, you know, shifts and whatnot is super important. I mean, it works, you know, it really does work. You know, when, when you're, I mean, obviously there are certain hitters where you're going to kind of, you know, take your hits or misses, you know, with them, but for the most part, these things work. So it's just understanding the concept of a shift and knowing that, you know, what we're trying to do is take away the guy's power. We're trying to take away those shots that, you know, we can, I mean, obviously there's going to be times where he's just going to beat us and it is what it is, but like Milwaukee has done such an amazing job of transferring uh, into this next or new era of baseball. And, you know, they kind of, I feel like they were the first ones to kind of get it going, you know? So it's, it's cool to kind of step in and see, you know, obviously all the analytics that they have uh, compared to St. Louis, compared to St. Louis to Milwaukee. I feel like we were kind of one of the last teams to kind of get into this analytical shift. So uh, it's going to be cool to see that. And, you know, I'm excited to, to learn more and really exploit this whole shifting aspect. Colton, I, I've always admired when I go around and interview guys in the minor leagues or major league players, guys from Hawaii and that Hawaiian baseball culture. You guys are very, very proud of the guys that have come off the island and made it in the big leagues. You're one of them. Shane Victorino is somebody that everybody always brings up when you talk about it. But the Brewers have a handful of guys from Hawaii that are in their system. Quentin Torres Costa. Uh, Micah Bello, and I know that you are familiar with both of those guys and have a connection with both of those guys. What is that like, uh, the, 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 the brotherhood of Hawaiians playing professional baseball uh, in the United States? Because it, it seems like you're all connected, you all have a very close relationship, and you're all really pulling for each other. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all brothers. You know, it's just one of those things when you come from the islands, um, you understand how tough it is to get off that island and, and to follow your dreams and make it to this point. So, you know, it's a very tight brotherhood that we have. Everyone loves to push for one another. I mean, I, I train in, I'm training in Arizona right now at Kirby Yates, uh, my younger brother, Kian Wong. So, you know, we always try to keep that Hawaiian connection going. So having Quentin and Micah there, uh, these are two guys from, we're, we're all from the same island, which is incredible. Uh, and actually grew up with both those guys. I know, I knew Micah since he was like eight years old. Uh, I knew Quentin when he was about the same age as well, you know, so it's just, it's tough. We've been together for so long. We've been playing baseball for so long. So it's kind of cool that, you know, from taking it from Hilo, uh, we're making it to the big stage and seeing those guys in big league spring training is going to be fun. And I'm excited to help those guys grow. One last question, Colton, before we let you go, the Brewers pitching staff generates a lot of ground balls. Was that brought up a, a lot throughout the process? Were you aware of that when you were making your decision? Because it's going to give you a lot of opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was a big thing as well. You know, this pitching staff, it's, it's a tough pitching staff to work around, you know, and uh, being on the other side, facing these guys, you just knew how hard it was to, because you never knew what arm was coming out. I mean, you have Yardley throwing from, you know, the ground, yeah. You know, you have Hater who's throwing rise balls. I mean, it's just one of those pitching staffs that you just don't know what you're going to get. So it was a fun pitching staff for me to go go to. I felt like I could really, you know, exploit these guys and 
you know, really get ground balls. Like you said, I didn't realize at the clip that they were getting ground balls. And when I finally saw it, I was, I was pretty excited. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. I know this has been a, a whirlwind of an off season for you after what was a crazy regular season in 2020. I know you're excited to get started in 21. We're excited to see you in a Brewers uniform. Awesome, Lane. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be here. And my thanks to Colton Wong for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. You just look at his career numbers, a 261 career average for Colton Wong, 53 career home runs. He's not a huge power guy, but he's hit really well at Miller Park over the course of his career. That was one of the first things that uh, we all pointed out when this move was made. And it's what Colton Wong just told us. You heard it in the interview. It was a big part of his decision to come play for the Brewers was what he had done at then Miller Park and, of course, now American Family Field. A 308 career batting average. He has uh, 12 career doubles. He has six career home runs and 23 driven in and an 855 OPS at what was then Miller Park and, of course, is now American Family Field. Pretty cool stuff from Colton Wong. He is going to see an offensive boost by playing in this ballpark this coming year. I don't think there's any question about that, and he'll continue to play that really good defense that he plays so well. Sarah Goodrum is a trailblazer, as we told you at the beginning of the podcast. I had a chance to sit down with her. She is in Arizona, and she is so excited about this opportunity. And uh, the former Oregon softball player who has really spent a lot of time in the sports and science field is really excited now to help be a big part if not the biggest part of the Brewers' minor league development from a hitting standpoint. Let's break it down. As we continue along on the Brewers on Tap podcast, Sarah Goodrum is our guest. And, of course, you saw the news uh, last week get announced. And it really, it wasn't news to Sarah because she's been in this position for a few months now. But essentially, the Brewers' minor league hitting coordinator, and this is a a kind of a trailblazing moment for the Brewers organization and for baseball in general. I think uh, David Stern said last week, Sarah, that you're really the first female to, to hold this position in, in our industry. And so uh, it's a really a cool moment, I think, for baseball, for you personally, and uh, for the advancement of women in the game of baseball, which we've seen so many advances in that regard over the last couple of years. And, and I'm sure you're thrilled to be a part of that party, but I, I know you're really excited to get to work at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And I'm also just really grateful to work for such a great organization. They've been nothing but supportive um, towards me professionally and what I've been wanting to accomplish and how I can help the team in any way possible. So it's been really awesome. Sarah, take me through your journey to this point. Um, And at what point was this your goal? This was something you really knew you wanted to do. Did that light come on for you at a specific time or was it always something that you were working toward? Yeah, so I think baseball in general has always been a space that sparked my interest in wanting to work in the industry. Um, I always knew I wanted to work in sports growing up. Um, So when I went to the University of Oregon and was playing softball, studying the human body, I just, I naturally gravitated towards the sports science realm, um, just in a sense of when I was playing, I was always thinking about my body in space, like just the nerdiest person on the team and all my teammates would give me a bunch of crap for it, but it was just who I was. Um, so, you know, 
naturally wanted to continue my education and get my master's degree and, and continue to learn about that, but also be in a little bit more of a hands-on space. So um, really leveraged opportunities to do that. And, you know, when the opportunity came for me to intern with the brewers, it was kind of, you know, I had some other options going, but I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this opportunity and kind of see what I can do with it. Um, and so it just kind of naturally happened to go to baseball, but in the back of my head, it was always, it was always baseball. So I sit here now and I'm like, I'm in the industry that, you know, growing up as a kid, loving the game, it was just natural for me to, to want to come into this space for sure. Sarah, as you said, you had some other opportunities, but the Brewers were the opportunity that stood out to you and, and the route you ended up going. They've been on the cutting edge of a lot of things, whether it be from a number standpoint, certainly the sports science thing is one area where they've kind of, they've led the way a little bit in the industry with the sports science lab in Arizona and everything that, and I know we're, we're pretty hush hush about exactly what does go on in there. Right. But we know that it's had a big impact for a lot of the young pitchers from a development standpoint and everything else. I, I mean, you were able to be on the inside and be on the ground level of a lot of that as it got started. How proud are you of what that, facility has accomplished and, and just how much of an impact it's had on guys careers already I mean the, this the facility is amazing um it's just a really it's a amazing space for collaboration to happen and it's really cool to see it happen firsthand um but first and foremost for the players to want to come in there and trust the information that that space is able to provide is the most important thing. Um, I mean, the players have to put in all the work. So, I mean, for them to be able to trust us and then for us as an organization to come together and collaborate and be able to, you know, create great things that come out of there. It, it's really cool to see. What have you been able to learn just through working in that space? And as you said, you were kind of the nerd when you played softball at Oregon. Do you, do you, do you now ever think back like, man, I wish I would have known this then? and what I could apply to my own career when I was playing softball at Oregon? All the time. I'm always like, especially with some of the hitting stuff and seeing some of the technology that's out and available now, like it's crazy to think about how fast the game has advanced in technology because yeah. I haven't been that far removed from playing. But when I was playing, there was not a lot of this really available. So it, it, it kind of sometimes I have to sit back and realize how fast technology has progressed in the last five or six years, because I didn't even know what TrackMan was when I was playing. And now mm -hmm. here I am. And TrackMan's a common term in baseball yeah. that everyone knows. Sarah, we mentioned this is a, a trailblazing moment in many ways. And we've seen unbelievable advancement over the last couple of years for women in sports and specifically in our industry in baseball, we're seeing coaches now start their, to make their way to the big league level and throughout the minor league levels. We're seeing uh, female broadcasters more prevalently in the booth doing play-by-play -play or analysis. Um, we're seeing front office executives coming in Miami, certainly a, a great example of that. Um, I, I know it's proud for you to, to sit back and to see all this and to be a part of this now. How, how much, has the last week or so been spent returning texts of congratulations from other industry leaders and females that have that have been a big part of this equation over the last couple of years with this incredible advancement we're seeing? It's been it's been awesome, honestly. A lot of some of the tech messages and messages I've received, it's just been really humbling. Um, 
I never thought that I would be sitting in a position like this. Um, and so I just, again, I have so much just thankfulness to the organization for allowing me the opportunity. But, you know, now that I'm in the position, it's, it's exciting for me just because I'm excited for the work and what we're going to be able to yeah. do. Um, but I, I know there's that external factor of all this. And so for me, it's about just continuing to, you know, work with pride and be motivated and continue to just show and pave a path um, with everyone else that's in the industry that's done this. I mean, it, it's just a really exciting time in baseball. There's so many talented people out there with different perspectives that can provide value to organizations. So it's exciting to see the industry understand that different perspectives are an amazing thing that can help an organization. One of the things that is a big part of your role is you connecting with the different players and maybe each guy has a different way that you have to try to connect and get through to them and, 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 and reach them in terms of, uh, you know, making their advancements and their development from a hitting standpoint, you've, you've kind of been able to hit the ground running in that regard a little bit. You've been around the cages uh, the last couple of years. And then of course, you've actually been able to work with, with guys a little bit over the course of this off season. So it's not like this is going to be starting for, from scratch for you. That has to make things a little bit easier. And even though this coming year could be a little bit complicated because some of it will still probably be remote, right? You might not be able to travel at least at the beginning, um, but eventually hopefully you'll be able to get out on the road and, and, and be a, what, what normally a minor league hitting coordinator would do when they're traveling around all the, the, the different minor league cities. Yeah, it, it's awesome. I mean, in my former role, a lot of the stuff I was doing was behind the scenes, but in order for us to push that forward, it was always about the players. And the first and most important thing about that is getting to know them. Um, so I always just tried to make it a priority that even if I was just sitting in the cage and they were like, what does she do? It was just an opportunity for me to, for them to become familiar with my face and for me to get to know them as human beings first. So. Um, it, it's really exciting because, you know, some of the guys got drafted in 2017 that I met them and have watched them progress kind of a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, so it's just exciting to kind of be able to continue my position professionally and watch them grow even further and, and help them. It's, it's all about them. It's what makes our industry so amazing as the players. So I'm just really excited to be in a position to continue to help them move forward in their careers. Well, Sarah, your passion for, for what you do, it, it certainly comes through. Congratulations. We're excited for you. We're excited to work with you and, and hopefully many more interviews down the road as well. And to best of luck. This is really cool. Thank you so much, Lane. And my thanks to Sarah Goodrum for joining me here on Brewers on Tap. Well, that's going to do it for us. We will have some more stuff coming your way as it becomes available. Of course, we're just a couple weeks out now from the start of spring training. We'll start coming at you weekly again with Brewers on Tap once spring training gets started. We cannot wait to get down to Arizona and get the 2021 season underway. Uh, it'll look a little different at times, I'm sure. It'll look a little different from 2020. Certainly it'll look a little different from 2019, but we're going to have baseball, and man, that's the best part, and we can't wait to take you on that journey over the course of this coming baseball season. Hang in there. We're not too far away from it. It's going to get warmer soon, too, I promise. Have a great one, everybody. I'm Lane Grindle.